Respectfully Disagree Podcast, episode 97. What's going on? <laughs> Doing this uh, Facebook Live thing again. Um, so, if anybody chimes in on the live, feel free to jump in. Um, trying something different again. Um, have the phone synced up to the machine, so if anybody wants to join in the live... If you jump in here, it actually pick up on the recording. Just trying something different. Um, today's episode, man, it, it really doesn't have a topic for real. Just kind of useless rambling. Something uh, happened. I don't know if it was last night or day before yesterday. And I kind of been wanting to touch it prior to this event. But last night was the icing on the cake. And ever since the slap, I'm not going down that road. I don't want to talk about it. It's it's over with. It's burnt. That bridge is burnt. Who cares? But I've been seeing a lot of comedians going on stage. And now people in the crowd have uh, drank the Kool-Aid from Will Smith and they have gotten this confidence to scream and shout in the middle of people trying to put on a show. And that's kind of where I wanted to, to start. But then T.I., uh, not sure if too many people know T.I. has entered the world of comedy. He tries to do stand-up or whatever. And he did a show in New York. Like I said, I don't know if it was if it was last night or day before, but he was booed, like badly booed. And I just be sitting back reading the comments, and a lot of people in the comments was like, "Don't worry about the boos. All the greats went through that starting out." And from that aspect of it, I was like, "You know what? You're right. You know, I heard." Stories, you know, Kevin Hart and all of them talk about how when they first started little small comedy clubs and things like that, you know, they were booed. Or I don't know if you all remember a couple of years back, Tiffany Haddish did a set. And, you know, what I'm saying the crowd was booing her or whatnot. So everybody goes through it. Oh, shout out E. E's on the live. T.I. doing stand-up. Every joke he say, every word. <laughs> now, real talk, dog, like all jokes aside, like he's he's doing stand-up. And um, even the incident last week where he uh inter- interrupted the young lady's set because she was talking about him and his wife's uh allegations in regards to what they got going on. And he was up there interrupting this chick and going back and forth. So I've been wanting to kind of talk about it, but like I said, leave the Chris Rock aspect out. I'm not here to talk about that. I wanted to talk about how now comedy to me, in my opinion, is slowly dying. And I said, I really didn't have a topic today, but I guess that is the topic. Comedy is, is slowly dying in my opinion. And for all the legendary comedians that we enjoyed growing up, it's like (laughs) based on today's rules and regulations and cancel culture and being politically correct. None of those people would exist, man. Like, Oh, hold on. Love listening to the podcast. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you, man. Crazy thing. And I'm, I'm getting sidetracked. I uh I was in the mall today. I had on one of the t-shirts and uh the lady at the register was like, Oh, I like that. She's like, Is that yours? I was like, Yes, ma'am. So she wrote it down on the spot and she's like, I I can't wait to go listen to it. I'll check it out. So it's like, man, <laughs> that means a lot, man. Definitely appreciate it. But um I grew up watching Def Comedy Jam, Comic View, legendary comedians man when you start talking about your eddie murphy's your martin's your dl hughley's cedric the entertainers uh bernie max like the things that they did 
during their shows, according to today's society, <laughs> they never would have became legendary comedians, in my opinion. I mean, don't get me wrong. I feel like they they might be able to adjust and it's, it's, it's that thin line. I know Kevin Hart is doing a, a tour right now. I would love to kind of see where his comedy is at this current moment in time. And shout out Dave Chappelle. He's actually coming to, uh, here in Louisville this week. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get tickets. I tried, and the ones that was left, Dave ain't, ain't worth that type of money. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Dave Chappelle, but bro. Them tickets was like three, three hundred. Saw some for like five hundred. Nah, can't do it. But um, it's just it's interesting to see, and I'm gonna play this clip real quick. Um, I think this was the end of my story. The nigga walks in. Just check out all the booze. Probably slamming his mom. You hear me? Yelling his mom. We ain't been the same since. Yo. Look at that. I'ma tell y'all motherfucking ass like this. I got you got one more motherfucking ass around me. It's called Kill the King. For motherfuckers like you, and I appreciate y'all because you make me the absolute best, nigga. New York has made me the motherfucking best, nigga. I appreciate you. See some advice. If you see your favorite motherfucking uh, celebrity, do yourself, do me, and the celebrity a favor. Before you go approach these people, Think about what the fuck you gonna say. You understand what I'm saying? I'm gonna tell you what happens. Imagine me sitting check down that video with my family like, for the first shot of tequila of the day. Works. You know what I'm saying? And I see a motherfucker in my peripheral doing shit like this. So at that point, I felt bad for the man. But going back to what I, I wanted to talk about, because like I said, I'm looking in the comments and people were like, you know, all the greats were boo. Keep pushing. Don't let that stop you. You know, encouraging words. But then you scroll down some more and then there are some people that's like, no, nah, don't don't keep encouraging this man, because at the end of the day, he's a rapper. He's not a comedian. He needs to learn how to stay in his lane. And when I saw that, I was like, you know what? Nah, I was like, I, I want to fire up the mic because I feel like that mentality is what's wrong with society altogether. Because it's like, <laughs> if you're just supposed to stay stationary in a, in a spot where you're quote unquote good at, and you don't try to do anything different, then how can you ever become better as a person? Whether or not it's music, sports, comedy, whatever it is in life, like you're you're trying to encourage people not to try new things. And that's where I wanted to go because I kind of felt bad for the man. Like I said, he's up there getting booed. Now, I haven't just sat down and watched any of his, you know, acts or whatever. Because at the end of the day, yes, he's still considered an amateur, obviously. But whoever set that man up in front of that crowd, that was a, a, a large audience. So I don't know if if they set that man up to fail or whatever the case may be. But it's, it's several things to break down from that clip in my perspective. So that's kind of where this, this topic is going because people, <laughs> I feel like people who try to encourage you not to do new things 
are those that are afraid of the challenges in life or they don't have anything going for themselves. And I apologize ahead of time if I offend anybody, but that's just my opinion. And at the end of the day, I was afraid to do this podcast. I had several people in my corner encouraging me and pushing me, you know, try something different, try something new. And of course, you, you're always going to have those, those butterflies or those jitters. But as long as you, you know what I'm saying, put your best foot forward, the rest will take care of itself. Now, if I get to an episode and I see that maybe 10 people listen to it, <laughs> according to the advice that they're giving T.I., I'm supposed to abandon ship, shut the podcast down. I tried. But it's like, nah, man, like, regardless of whoever listens to it or not, it's like, bro, you should never be comfortable all the time. And if you are, then that means that (laughs) there's no room for growth, man. If you stick with the same routine every day, all day, stick to what you're good at, you're going to be stuck in one spot. And that's why I wanted to, to talk about comedy, man. Like, I saw a clip last night. Ricky Smiley was doing a show, and they had hecklers in the crowd. And every time, you know, he went to go speak, you know, you got people interrupting these comedians. It's like, dude, like, why the hell did you even come out? You know what I'm saying? Like, every comic is not going to say things that you agree with. That's the beauty in comedy. Like, why are we trying to diminish that? And I've seen so many comedians speak on the Chris Rock, Will Smith thing. And this is just an opening line. Like, hey, if anybody (laughs) feels the need to walk up here tonight, I dare you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you find comic relief in, in the situation. Like, comedy has always been that way. But now society is trying to tell people that as a comedian, you can't say what you want to anymore. And if you do, there's consequences that come that come along with it. And it's like, why the hell did you take your ass to a comedy show if you're expecting them to be politically correct at all times? Like, is this where we at now? <laughs> What do you expect them to do? Uh, why did the chicken cross the road type type stuff? And that's the part where it's just like, dude, like, before long, like, what are we going to have in terms of live entertainment? And this is the same society that preached about rap lyrics. People should be entitled to say what they want to, freedom of speech. And if if you don't like the lyrics, don't listen to it. And it's like, you know, hip-hop has taken taken the the bulk of the load when it comes to, oh, kids are violent because of rap music or this and that, or they degrade women. They do this and do that. But then it's like, no, they have a freedom of speech. They can say what they want to. Then why wouldn't the rules apply to a a stand-up comedian? That makes zero sense to me. And I just, I love sitting back reading comments online and maybe that's my own problem like sitting around reading Facebook comments all day and don't get me wrong (laughs) everybody's entitled to their own opinions but it's like after a while certain people's views especially if they're somebody famous or some you know entertainer or whatever the case may be oftentimes they'll say something and depending on whether or not they have a large following before you know it, their following starts regurgitating what their favorite person is saying. And that's how you, you sway the masses. And it's like going back to the, to the Ricky Smiley thing. It's like, (laughs) I felt bad for him because at the end of the day, to me, in my opinion, Ricky Smiley is legendary, man. You go all the way back to comic view, bro. Like, and that's what I was saying when I was opening up the, the episode, it's like, I grew up watching deaf comedy jam comic view. And you look at your Steve Harvey's, your Ricky Smiley's, your D.L. Hughley's. Like, I watched them when they were first getting into the game. 
And now they're the vets. They got radio morning shows, uh, DL Hughley's in the afternoons. It's like none of that would have been possible if we set those rules and regulations for them early to where DL Hughley couldn't roast the people in the front row. And it's like, <laughs> like, what are we doing now, people? Like, what is this? Or I, I'll tell you another one. And um, my wife was watching or is watching. And shout out to her because she works with children with special needs. And who was the dude? Um, Arnez J. You know what I'm saying? Early in his career, it's like his whole routine was talking about disabled people or people who walk with a limp, one leg bigger than the other. You know what I'm saying? Like, and we all laughed at, at the end of the day, it was entertainment. Like nobody bashed him in, in terms of he's talking down on, on people with disabilities and things like that. But if he tried those routines today, would he, would he really like, how far would he get? And that's why I'm just like, I don't know where we where we going with society when it comes to what's right or wrong. Because what's funny to me may not be funny to you, and that's fair. But guess what? As a comedian, that's their job. Like every every joke is not gonna be funny. And then that's when they go back to the drawing board. And that's where I'm I'm tying back in the TI thing. Like I said, I, I really didn't have no sense of direction with this episode, so I apologize ahead of time if I'm just bouncing back and forth because I don't have no notes. I'm just talking. And uh, it's like T.I. can use this as an opportunity for growth. It's like, okay, instead of me getting up here trying to talk about my personal life and, and turn it into jokes, then maybe I just need to come out and just be cold-blooded, go hard. But for him to get booed like that and then for people to tell him stick to rap, like, come on, man. It's garbage. It's garbage. But I would definitely love to hear other people's thoughts in terms of what's safe for a comedian these days. It looked like Avery was trying to uh, jump in on the live. Um like I said, if anybody wants to call in, the mic is uh is hot. So if you join in, it should pick up on the recording. Let's let's talk about it. Um because I, I honestly don't feel like all of these comedians should be under attack. I saw where uh what's big dude name? Lavelle. Is it Lavelle Crawford? He was one of the first ones that inserted what happened at the Oscars into his routine and quite naturally social media lit his ass up. Oh, look at you. You too big. You can't even breathe and tell the jokes and this and that. And it's like, he's always been that size. So now because he's talking about people that, that you like, now you're going to roast him. So what's the difference? Like, where do you draw the line at is my question. Comedians have always used current events in their routines. I just watched Mike Epps with a new stand-up. He talked about going through COVID. Kevin Hart did the one, not, not this current tour he's on, but the one where he did where it looked like he was in his house. He talked about COVID. Uh, what's old buddy's name? I don't want to miss, uh, is it Michael Shea or Che or whatever? I like him. But, he talked about COVID. Like, these are all current things. And I think that's what makes a comedian brilliant when you're able to incorporate what's going on at that current moment in time and, and put that into your routine and find some kind of humor or comic relief. But all of that, in my opinion, is under attack right now because of what happened at the Oscars. And then shout out E, he posted a video... And we come to find out, I guess it was old or whatever, but even even with that, dude is doing a routine and somebody from the crowd jumps up to try to fight him live on stage in front of the whole world. And it's like, 
<laughs> is that where we at now? We just going to jump up and start slapping and punching people when they say things that that we don't agree with. And I, I hate to see where we're going as a society in the future. Uh, let's see here. Chappelle on the biggest agenda pusher will be in Louisville. And I'm sure he's going to address it. He's been working out too. That's what I'm saying, bro. Like I, I would have loved to go see that show. Unfortunately, by the time we got through a, a lot of the good seats was already gone. And the ones that were, you know, closer up front, they was like 300, 400. I was like, I love Dave Chappelle, dog, but he ain't worth 400. And that was just for one ticket. So, of course, I got to take my wife with me. I was like, nah, I can't do that. But I, I would love to see what his material is, is going to be because it's like every comedian is is putting that in their show now since that happened. So are we just going to attack everybody that, that, that mentions it? Like, what's going on, man? I don't understand. I don't understand. I really don't. I want Avery to chime in, dog. Jump on here, Avery, dog. Like I said, all you got to do is uh, see if I can invite you. Hold on. And if you at work, just decline it. Because I'm I'm curious to know, man. Like, like, where are we going as a society to where you pull up at a comedy show and you go into the show ready for war? Like, if they say one thing about this or one thing about that, I'm going to heckle them or I'm going to go on stage. Like, why even go? Why even go? Why even go? And why are we waiting on that, man? I'm going to jump off topic just a little bit. Because y'all know the NBA playoffs is coming. And, of course, my Lakers are not in it. And even with that, you know what I'm saying, this kind of ties in a, a little bit. And this whole notion that because Kobe Bryant done something, then everybody else has to follow the exact. Hold on, hold on. Bro, it's like Curry and the three has changed again. I swear, man, like everything is just different. I don't get what you're talking about, E. Hold on. What what are you, what are you asking? Um. But it's like going back to the to the Laker thing because I'm I'm wanting to hear other people's thoughts on this on this comedy, and and where we're heading at. Whether uh, comedians have the ability to talk about anything, or if if there should be some rules and regulations that that come with with stand up comedians. Did I say my Lakers? I hope I didn't say my Lakers, because I definitely ain't no damn Lakers. Excuse my language again, man. <laughs> Excuse my language again. Cause I definitely ain't no like it. What's going on, Grip? I uh, while I'm waiting to see if somebody's gonna gonna comment on that, then my fault. They they saying I did say my Lakers. Sorry. I'll look. I'll be sure to edit that out of this damn episode. Um, I don't understand all the memes and all that that's going around, where it's like the Lakers was how many other games behind the eighth spot. Kobe played every minute of every game with bone spurs and sore ankles and whatever else. And then he, uh, that's when he tore his Achilles, but the Lakers secured a playoff spot. And that shows you that, that he's got hard and he's got this I almost put up to let these hands fly. Look, go on and jump in the live. E hell, like I said, the uh the phone is 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 linked in, so it'll come through. It'll all be uh recorded. But um, uh, I'm trying to choose my words carefully because, like I said, at the end of the day, I don't I don't want to disrespect Kobe. 
Because like I said, unfortunately, he's not here. So I don't like talking about that. But it's like, if that's what makes you a champion or he, he has the biggest heart and will, and this, to me, in my opinion, that's stupidity. That, that's stupidity, though. Like, I don't agree with throwing your body on the line just so you can entertain the masses because at the end of the day, the results were still the same. And unfortunately, that injury cost Kobe some some milestones on his career because he never really bounced back from that. And you're talking about at the time period where Kobe was putting up some some crazy numbers. Granted, he was on, you know what I'm saying, some some bad teams, but in terms of being able to score and do all that, Kobe Bryant could still put the ball in the basket with the best of them. And once he tore his Achilles, it just kind of went downhill from there. So it's like, is that what we're really asking professional athletes? You put your body on the line just to secure the eighth seed. And in this case, it's the play-in. So (laughs) it ain't even a guarantee that you're going to even get a playoff spot. And the part that people tend to forget is that the Lakers have looked bad all damn season. So even if they did punch a ticket to the play-in, it wasn't no guarantee that they was even going to make it. So these dudes are supposed to put their bodies on the line and what we've applauded do the most is on his longevity and how he's been able to escape major, major injury. And if you really want to think about it, three of the, of the four years that he's been in L.A., he's been injured, whether it was a groin. Uh, he's done went down with an ankle the last two seasons. Anthony Davis has basically played – what <laughs> less than hold on how many he missed like 40 some games last year too i think let me see here hold on let me look this up anthony davis there we go and it's like come on bro like is this what we really asking these players like <laughs> Put your life and your body on the line. Uh, Let's see here. Anthony Davis. Last season, he played 36 games. This season, he played 40. So in two years, he hasn't even played half of a season in two years. But people are saying that LeBron is supposed to lay it all on the line to try to secure a play-in spot for a team that's lost almost 50 games. And then you use Kobe Bryant as a measuring stick. And that's where I'm going to hit the button. I disagree. Like, that's not fair to either player, in my opinion. And that's why I'll be glad when I'll trade LeBron at this point. Trade him. Do whatever you got to do, man. Let the Lakers go back to the he- uh, the hole in which they came from. Um, because y'all some ungrateful MFers. Excuse my language. I've never seen such, and I knew I knew it was gonna happen. I was like, bro, they're they're never gonna embrace you or welcome you in and look at you like some of the other Laker greats. And that's my that's my sourness about LeBron because I feel like 20 years in, LeBron is still trying to be accepted. Like, man, forget these people, bro. Like, who cares? And I think he just he just wants to be embraced by everybody. And that whole move to LA to me was just it wasn't worth it. Because They've watered down the the championship. So first year they didn't make the playoffs. Second year they, they win the bubble. Third year they lose in the first round. And this year they didn't even didn't even get an opportunity. So it's like 
they're never going to give him any type of credit for these four years. And now all of a sudden it's, oh, they done gave up all the draft picks. They done gave up their future. They done gave up this and that. And it's like, bro, y'all had all of these picks. You had all these uh, first-rounders, Ingram, Lonzo, uh, Julius Randle. You had all this stuff in the back, and y'all still wasn't going nowhere. So if anything, LeBron made y'all relevant. Now, granted, I ain't I ain't giving him no kudos because at the end of the day, they 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 lost. I'm not saying that it's okay to lose, but I'm saying it's like to use Kobe, dog. Like, come on, man, and it, it backs you into a corner because there's been so many posts where I'm just I want to say, man. F that, F Kobe, F this. But I'm like, I don't want to be that disrespectful. And then it goes back to what we talking about with the whole comedy thing. Because at that point, you got to be ready to fight some of these folks. They ain't never met Kobe a day in their life. They don't know nothing about him. But if you say that, you got to be ready to throw hands. So I'm not going to disrespect being like that because I've always told people I respect this game. I just didn't care for it. I didn't care for his style of play. But it's like, come on, bro. Like, <laughs> Kobe Kobe lost some years because he was trying to push for the eighth seed, and they still end up losing in the first round. So was it worth it, Laker Nation? Was it really worth it? And that's the part I don't understand, bro. And it's like, if you, <laughs> if you look at that picture where, where Bron twisted his ankle, bro, his shit was is sitting on the ground, huh? And you talking about a player who really don't have a jumper to fall back on, so a lot of his strengths come from driving and penetrating. And if you on one leg and you got a bad wheel, shit, you tweak it a little bit more, man. You start talking about breaking and snapping shit. And it's like, come on, I like that's not worth it. Especially just to get a, a play in spot. Like, nah. But anywho, Avery, I guess he didn't accept my invite. It's all right. Cause I've been seeing a, a lot of his posts here of, of late, and it's like I I wanna I uh, I wanna hear his thought process on where we're at as a society. Like, what's off limits these days in terms of of comedy? Oh, but anywho, um, real quick before I get off here. Saw where MB secured the scoring title today. Shout out MB. I really wanted my guy to go for it. And that showed you right there the the double standards when it comes to LeBron and all of the other greats. LeBron James had the opportunity to secure the NBA scoring title. And because of the narrative, every morning I watched Skip Bayless and him, I watched Stephen A. And the topics were, is it a good look if LeBron wins the scoring title and the Lakers don't make the playoffs? And every morning I sat here and I just I shook my head at that. And all I heard was, oh, he's stat patting. He's, he's chasing – He's chasing the scoring title. And I'm like, as bad as the Lakers have been all year, if LeBron don't score 30 or 40, instead of losing by 20, they're going to lose by 40. Oh, his, he's empty calories. His points don't translate to wins. And it's, I'm like, bro, the I think the Lakers led the league in the most blown double-digit leads in the entire NBA. I'm sitting here watching these games every night. I know y'all see my damn posts, man. I know y'all see my stories. I'm watching these games, and it's like for the first two quarters, three quarters, the Lakers is balling. LeBron goes sit down, the other team come back. By the time LeBron come in in the fourth, he looked like a 37-year-old man. And there's nobody else to help pick up the load to prevent them from blowing the lead. 
So then he starts chunking up threes, and it's like, oh, LeBron shot 10 threes last night. Like, damn, what do you want this man to do? Hold on. Because you had Westbrook making sure he was going to get the score attack. <laughs> do you think they're getting rid of that, man? Also, what's your thoughts on AD? Man, great, great questions, dog. Like, I keep seeing all the headlines talking about uh, Westbrook and Vogel got off to a bad start all the way back in training camp. And I'm like, why bring this shit out now? Excuse my language again. Like, why why talk about this now? The season is over with. Obviously, it didn't gel. It didn't work. So, don't throw them guys under the bus now. I honestly feel like they, they have to get rid of Westbrook, man. And for multiple reasons. A, his attitude. His approach to the game, his approach after the game, that's something that just didn't sit well with me all the way through it. And it's like when you saw him talk about, I'm not worried about winning the championship. That don't matter to me. That don't define my career. That just is like, come on, bro. Like, <laughs> we all know any team that LeBron is a part of, whether it's fair or not, he's 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 under that umbrella of championship or bust. And that's why folks are talking about this is the <laughs> the the worst situation in in NBA history in terms of them underperforming. But um and then how he goes to the press after the games and he's all in his feelings or whatever. And it's like as a superstar, as a Hall of Famer, you gotta take that heat, man. So if he can't sit down and listen to questions from reporters, which are valid questions. And answer him with a with a level head without getting emotional, then LA ain't the team for him, bro. And it's like, forget his performance. Because honestly, I, I you can't even explain that, man. Like, that man was hitting the top of the backboard every other night. But at the same time, it's like, I don't give him all the blame. It just didn't work. Everything that they tried this year just didn't work. And it's like, to question Frank Vogel, I think is valid because a lot of his rotations and his lineups and stuff, it's just like, why? Why are you doing this? And as far as Anthony Davis, I feel like you have to chalk that up as a failed experiment too. And I know a lot of people are going to call me biased or that's what uh, LeBron does to every uh Robin and all this and that. He did it to Kyrie, did it to D-Wade. But it's like, come on, man. The proof is in a pudding, bro. Like, the whole thought process behind bringing AD was we're getting rid of our, our youth, our core, young core. We're willing to sacrifice picks to bring in a young Anthony Davis. And by the second or third year, this should be Anthony Davis's team. LeBron is now the Robin. But we're playing through AD. If you look at that first season, that's all LeBron was doing, forcing it to AD, feeding AD. And it's like even then, you know what? LeBron led the league in scoring, uh, assists, excuse me. And even during that season when he was leading the league in assists, on the games that he lost, oh, LeBron is worried about assists instead of scoring, instead of taking over. This team needs him to score they don't need him to pass the ball. He's too passive. He's worried about assists, trying to get the assist title. Fast forward now, why don't he pass the ball more? All he's worried about is the scoring title. Like, come on, man. That man can't win for losing. But back to Anthony Davis. And it's like, to me, in my opinion, chalk it up as a failed experiment. And you got to move away from him, too, because <laughs> his value is going down. And it's like, at this point, I'm looking at it. I have his numbers pulled up here. Anthony Davis has never played a full season, ever. I'm showing here the most games he's played was 75, and that was in 2016-2017. So for somebody that's proven to be injury prone, you can't depend on him. I think you got to move away from it. You got to take 
take whatever you can get at this point. And that's why I'm saying it's like at this point, I'd rather them get rid of LeBron, man. Because he's honestly everybody's in a lose lose situation, in my opinion. You stuck with Westbrook because of that contract. I can't see too many teams willing to help the Lakers out by taking that contract. Um, Even if you did trade Westbrook and AD, what are you going to get in return that's going to help the Lakers with life after LeBron? And I think that's that's the tricky tricky spot, life after LeBron, because now is <laughs> – you right back where you started. And honestly, I don't feel bad for the Lakers because I don't – nah, man. And then here's where I'm going to leave it at. No disrespect, but I am saying this with disrespect, if any of that makes sense. Magic Johnson is a sucker. We'll pause for a minute. Say it again. Magic Johnson is a sucker. Who would you bring in for Braun to get another title? But where would Braun like to go or where would he fit? And that's the thing, uh, Shaq. LeBron has never changed his game. And with today's basketball, faster pace, a lot of shooting, quickness, getting up and down the court, LeBron is slowly that odd man out, as stupid as it sounds. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he still put up 30 points this year, but it was at a slow pace. It didn't result in any wins. The Lakers was getting waxed and and mopped off the floor. So it's like, where does he fit in at? That's the million-dollar question. Because no matter where you put him at, you're putting him on a roster full of, uh, of younger players. And... (laughs) <laughs> as old as he is, and obviously we know he don't play no defense, it's like he's not going to be able to give you big minutes without slowing the game down. Like I said he's he's just he's he's the dinosaur now, dog. And that's the part that makes me mad because it's like we don't acknowledge him as such. You still tell him that he's supposed to have uh fresh legs. He's supposed to score all the points. He's supposed to set all the people up. He's supposed to guard the best player, hit the game, winning shots. And it's like, come on now. It's not even realistic, man. Father time is is undefeated. So that's that's a great question, man. I honestly don't know where he would fit at. But it's like now (laughs) the Lakers' back is against the wall, man, because you stuck. You stuck. Now, granted, I'll admit a lot of that is on on LeBron because I feel like – if they would have stuck with that championship team and helped mold Kuzma, KCP, uh, Caruso, you know what I'm saying? Like, you had the the guys that were going to defend. Now, granted, in big games, they didn't prove to be trustworthy in terms of knocking down shots. And I guess that's what kind of got them pushed out the door. But shit, <laughs> you bring in Carmelo Anthony and Ariza and all these dudes, and it's like all year long, man, it's like – they were getting wide open looks. It just wasn't knocking them down. So I don't know, man. I honestly don't know. But back to Magic Johnson real quick before I get off here. Because that shit has rubbed me the wrong way, too. That's why I hate the Lakers. And I apologize ahead of time. Because I, if I did say my Lakers, I must have been drunk. I don't know. Um, If you go all the way back to when LeBron was still in Cleveland... Magic was getting fined for for tampering, and you know what I'm saying he's making all these little comments and tweets, and you know what I'm saying he's he's flirting around with with different players trying to lure them to L.A. and obviously LeBron and Magic had some kind of conversation going on because boom the move to L.A. happens, Magic starts tweeting, me and LeBron is meeting at his house, he's doing this and doing that. And then, boom, all of that happens where Magic just resigns, just steps down, don't tell nobody. But then somehow, some way, Magic inserts himself back into the equation. And when they went and got Westbrook, he's tweeting, 
oh, yeah, the Lakers is back. It's going to be hard to beat this team, blah, 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 blah. And now that we know <laughs> that this season was a disaster, now he's on ESPN tap dancing with Stephen A. Smith, bro. Like, that shit pissed me off. Again, I apologize for the language. But it's like that, to me, in my opinion, is the definition of fake. And I don't like people like that, man. I'd rather you say we thought we had something good. It just didn't work out. We just got to take it on the chin. But you going, oh, man, LeBron did this and LeBron did that. And we knew it wasn't going to work. This team was old. This team is like, man, shut the fuck up. You know, I like, I'm sorry, man. And it's like I watch all the Lakers games on the Lakers network. So, you know what I'm saying, James Worthy, Robert Ory, Derek Fisher, all them dudes, you know what I'm saying? They were they're the ones calling these games. And when I hear people say, Oh man, this is the worst we've ever seen, the Lakers, and this is the worst this, and I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> I've watched the Lakers lose sixty fucking games in a season. But it's like nobody's gonna talk about that. Everybody has forgotten that. But we're gonna forget that. The Lakers not making the playoffs, all of that happened on, on Kobe's watch. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't want to disrespect that man, and I'm not going to talk bad about him. But it's like, yes, this is rock bottom, but this ain't the worst that, that we've ever seen. Like, I'm looking here right now, 2015-2016, the Lakers lost 65 games. The year before that, the Lakers lost 61 games. The year before that, the Lakers lost 55 games. Like, miss me with the, uh, <laughs> this is some of the worst Laker basketball. Granted, it it was awful. The Lakers didn't put forth no effort at times, and it was sick. It was sick for me to even watch it. So, I get it. They deserve the criticism. But stop it, I Like, <laughs> A lot of these quote-unquote Laker legends, man, feeling that they can come out and speak and say whatever the hell they want to. Like, stop it, man. That shit's a, a circus. It's a clown show, in my opinion. It's like you don't see any of the other uh, Celtic greats coming out talking about how bad the Celtics looked and the Knicks. And I'm like, come on, bro. Stop it. But, yeah, Magic Johnson, he's a sucker for that. Jay Dilla, dog. Come on, man. Join this, join this podcast before I get off here, man. If I invite you, you gonna jump on here? Huh? Let's hear it, man. Let's hear your thoughts. Let's see here. Watch him decline it. Watch him decline it. I sent you the invite, man. Come on. Let's talk about it. Uh, you came tonight. All right. All right. If you say so. Like I said, at the end of the day, man, it's just my opinion. I'm just rambling. Um, the Lakers deserved the criticism for the effort that they put out. But this is not. This is not the worst team in Laker history by far. And like I said, when <laughs> – when the narrative goes from all he's worried about is leading the league and assists, he won't take over the game, to now all he's worried about is a scoring title. He needs to pass more. Come on, man. Y'all got to stop it. But anywho, definitely appreciate y'all chiming in. thought I was going to have a more in-depth conversation about comedy and the sense of direction because I really hate how they done T.I. Now, quite naturally, I feel like some of that is karma because of the way he done that young lady because she was on stage. Whether he liked what, what she was saying or not, I said it 30 games in, they were trash. George Michael <laughs> rolling over in his grave. Kurt Rambis rolling over in his grave. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth though e because man we've been talking about it all season even on this podcast man it's like 
the Lakers have been trash all year. So for everybody to be surprised that they didn't make the play in, like, come on, man. Like, really? A lot of this is is for social media. Everybody's laughing, shits and giggles. And don't get me wrong, it's it's deserving. But it's like the Lakers were supposed to make the play in, <laughs> to lose in the play in, and go home either way. Come on, nah. it's garbage. But uh, anyways, real quick before I jump off here, um, comedy, Ti, the way he bum rushed that that lady and took the mic out of her hands. Um, maybe that's karma. Maybe that's why he was getting booed and the crowd let him have it. But for people to say, stick to rapping, AD talking like other players fault he got hurt. I mean, if he's fragile, he's fragile. But until he take off him Kobe's, dog, he going to keep getting hurt, man. Like, no disrespect. And it's like, I get that a lot of players want to pay homage and play tribute, uh, pay tribute to Kobe by rocking his shoes and stuff. But it's like Kobe was a two guard. Everybody knows if you have a signature shoe, the shoe is designed based on the signature player and their ability to move and cut and whatever they want in the shoe that's going to help them perform on the court. We all laugh at LeBron's being Timberland boots and, you know what I'm saying? You can't rock them in terms of fashion with an everyday outfit. But at the end of the day, LeBron is 6'9", 260, 2, whatever he is. They have to build a bigger shoe because you got a bigger guy making those type of movements. But with a guard, you want a, a, a shoe that's going to allow them to move quickly shifty cutting this and that so when you look at at the kobe's that they're playing in talking about a guy in anthony davis is 610 611 bro you're supposed to be under the under the rim battling for rebounds and if you got on low cut shoes hell the odds of you landing on somebody's foot is higher than that of a guard but you keep playing these damn kobe's and wondering why your ankles is, is on the ground literally but anyway, that's, that's, I don't know. Like I said, <laughs> he ain't never played a full year. Hell, I got the numbers right here in front of me. AD need a pair of shades. <laughs> he needs something, man. Like I said, I feel bad for him, dude, because, and I feel like that's, that's the pressure that comes with playing with LeBron as well as the pressure for playing in L.A., dog. Like, those are some big shoes to fill, man. They expect championships. And that's why I feel like Brian on his last leg of his career, dog, that was the wrong move to make. Because you're not going to catch Jordan. Everybody has set that as the bar. Six championships. That ain't going to happen, bro. That ain't going to happen. And as nice as Golden State is, hell, Curry only got three. So unless they make some major moves or or bring in another superstar caliber player, Curry ain't going to touch six. Who Lakers getting back from Russ going to the Hornets? <laughs> I've been seeing them, them headlines and them rumors, dog, and it's like I hope Jordan is stupid enough to do that. Westbrook is a Jordan brand athlete, so go on and take him. Uh, shit, excuse my language. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Rosier. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to get rid of, uh, Hayward. Is Hayward still there? Um, who else is on that team? You know, they're going to throw together some scrubs. They'll keep LaMelo though. But you know what? LaMelo and Westbrook is almost the same. That's why I can't see them doing that. Now, you you moving uh, LaMelo, hell, he the one who's selling tickets right now. The younger crowd loves LaMelo. But that's what I'm saying. Hayward is hurt, but it's like <laughs> you almost would be willing to take a hurt Hayward over Westbrook. I mean, at the end of the day, Hayward still has the ability to score the ball, and he doesn't need the ball to score. 
that's where Westbrook didn't fit in with them either because on, on certain sets where they had Westbrook on the wing and the ball swing around to him, that's what the coaches want. I'll let him shoot all day long, hell. All he's going to do is hit the top of the backboard. But uh, I would love to see it. Rozier, I'm pretty sure they would keep P.J. Washington. I wouldn't mind seeing him. He's a young, you know what I'm saying, play around the rim guy. He can step out and, and hit the three ball. Who else they got? Was he worth too much moose in his hair? <laughs> Come on, E, I hope the NBA stops that trade like they stopped CP3 to the Lakers. He said we don't need no more uh, UK players. Nah, you right. <laughs> Once I seen Gabriel out there, I was like, man, they rounding up everything. Nah. But the question is, are they going to keep Monk? Like, that's going to be the million-dollar question, dog. Nah. Monk's going to get a check from somebody. And he's going to take the money. I don't blame him. Like I said, the Lakers are just stuck right now, dude. That's why I'm like, <laughs> it's going to get worse before it gets better. And quite naturally, they're going to they gonna feed LeBron to the wolves, man. That's why I was just like, trade him. Trade him. Get rid of him. And Cleveland's like, nah, we don't want him. <laughs> Cleveland's like, we don't want him. So I just want my guy to pass Kareem and then call it quits, man. I know I've been rambling about the Lakers. Get ready to jump off here. Um, but real quick in closing, man, because like I said, on, on, a, on a serious note. Um, and if anybody watches the live or listens to this episode, if that's something that you're interested in, then we can have a, a deeper conversation and I can go back and forth with whoever. But I think society lacks a sense of humor. And I don't think that's a that's a good thing. And I'm like, as much as we sit around and share memes and share all these posts and all of these things and we laugh, then that means we're no different than these comedians, in my opinion. Because a lot of the stuff that I share, I know is insensitive. And it comes at the expense of others' pain or whatever they're going through. But we'll sit down and have a full-fledged conversation and the whole thread will be laughing emojis. And we're cool with that. But if somebody stands on stage with a microphone, y'all want to go up there and fight them. Listening to T.I., I lack a sense of humor for those five. That's why I said, I was like, at the end of the day, the stuff that he was talking about, you know what I'm saying? I can see where the crowd, especially a pain crowded. You know what I'm saying? If somebody paid money to go see that, I can understand why they might have been like, nah, bro, this ain't it. But at the same token, we've seen it before. So it ain't like, I'm not saying he didn't deserve to be booed. I'm saying that when I read the comments and people are like, you need to stick to rap, stick to what you know best. And it's like, come on, bro. Like if that's the case, then we, none of us would be able to venture out and do different things. Like who knows after this, hell T.I. might become one of the best comedians in, in the country. Who knows? But it's like, if you're not willing to take that risk and take that gamble, then you're going to always be stuck, man. You're going to be stuck in one spot, man. You can't be scared to try something new. If you fail, so what? And I think that's the issue with society, bro. It's like <laughs> social media has made us believe that everybody's winning, dog, and that's not the truth, man. I don't care how many pictures you post and this and that. Like, we all have losing seasons, man, because I know I done took a lot of L's, a whole lot, and it's like <laughs> social media will have you think everybody's winning. <laughs> you gotta check it out, E. I swear, dog. Like, don't get me wrong, man. Some of them sets was like, uh, uh. but them boo birds, man. They they got him hard. Like, dog, I know he went home and cried. I would have. But like I said, a lot of the greats went through that. 
But at the same token, like I said, I'm going to jump off here. I just wanted to fire it up just so I can get an episode out this week. I knew it was going to be a lot of rambling or whatever, but I still have a problem with that. Like, growing up, man, I watched Sanford and Son, you know what I'm saying, Red Fox, and, yeah, it's on YouTube. Actually, it's on both because the first clip that I saw was on Facebook, and that's what made me, because I said something to my wife. I was like, man, that's not right. Like, that's crazy because I was reading the comments on Facebook, but then I went to YouTube, and it's all over YouTube now where they born him. But um, I grew up watching Sanford and Son and the Jeffersons and all of that, and a lot of them shows had a lot of racial undertones and things of that nature. But Red Fox is still a legend, man. Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, Martin. You're talking about legendary comedians, man. And y'all really, <laughs> how how can the up-and-coming comedian be great if we're going to censor and, and make them walk on eggshells every time they go to perform? And that's why I said, you know, we're getting to the point to where live entertainment is going away. You know what I'm saying? Like, or I, I'll, I'll shout out Country Wayne because I love watching his videos online and their little snippets, like, you know, little two and three minute clips, four minute clips. And it's like, I guess for our attention span these days with the whole TikTok and all that, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's attention span is so short to where, you know, we look at them. Like, oh, my God, he's hilarious. He's this and that. But then we'll go to a show and get bored. Or we hate what the person, whether it's a male or female, is up there talking about because our attention span has become so short. Again, it's just my opinion. But I was just like, die, like, man, we <laughs> we heading down some 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 dark times if this is where we're at as a society. And I'm gonna throw this lob up here too, because I think I saw Avery post about them voting on uh, the age limit for marriage. There's no age limit or something for marriage. Then I think I saw in Alabama where they voted, where they were talking about um, the bathrooms. You have to go to the bathroom of the sex in which you was born. And a lot of people were saying, oh, that's an attack against transgender and this and that. And it's like... <laughs> This is where we're at. Like, you can't put on a show as a comedian. We're arguing about what bathrooms to use. And this is just like, nah, man, the world is going crazy. But that's a whole nother can of worms, man. Like I said, that's just food for thought. I know me and Avery has been set to link up eventually. And I would love to hear his thoughts. So I'm calling you out, man. I'm calling you out by name. Um... Appreciate y'all tuning in, man. Uh, real quick, got the YouTube channel. It's actually up. See if I can get to it real quick. And, um, of course, I haven't uploaded any videos yet, but I, I have it ready for people to go subscribe. And that is literally the... I respectfully disagree podcast channel. Did a little intro video. Said shout out to everybody that uh, helped me get this off the ground, whether it was with uh, T-shirts, um, hoodies, sharing episodes, joining episodes. Very appreciative, very thankful. And um, let's see here. So far, so far, got 24 subscribers. So whoever y'all are, definitely appreciate it. But the channel is I Respectfully Disagree Podcast. Like I said, y'all go uh, subscribe. By episode 100 is when I'm going to start doing both audio and video, similar to what I have here with the Facebook Live 
say there ain't gonna be a whole lot of bells and whistles until I learn how to edit and do all that good stuff. But um, the YouTube channel is definitely here. So appreciate everybody, and we out. Toasted, no competition. I'm Nisha Coasting. I feel so high. I feel so high.